0: It all comes down to these five wonderful films. The nominees are Brokeback Mountain, Capote, Crash,
1: Good Night and
0: Good Luck.
2: Munich.
1: Time has come. Catherine Bigelow!
2: This and some of the other nice things that have happened to me in the last couple of days may turn
3: me into some sort of hopeful optimist and ruin my whole life.
1: Spoil!
3: I remember quite clearly it was 1946, I was four years old, my mother took me to see King Vidor's duel in the sun.
0: All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it.
3: My life has value.
2: Babel Alejandro González Iñárritu. Uh, I'm
3: a man. Well, nobody's perfect. Al film italiano Deserto Rosso di Michelangelo. It's just
2: that all men are sure it never happened to them and most women, at one time or another, have done it, so you do the math.
3: Three artists in the presentation of the Pondor. Adele, Leia, and Abdel,
0: Afid, Keiji.
1: Hi everybody and welcome to the be Podcast. This is episode 60. Um, yeah, 60 episodes in! Woo! Uh, is this uh, this week is uh, going to be a good one. We're going to get our sort of handbags out and do some hitting about um, oh. because we're going to talk about controversial Oscar wins and other scandals to do with Oscars. Um, I know, it's crazy, like, there's, there's Oscars and scandals? How does this happen?
0: Yeah, we're going to struggle today.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> uh, also joined by a special guest. Um, hello, Katie, how are you?
2: I'm great. It's nice to join you guys, especially for this uh, bombastic, what I'm sure will be anyway, episode. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we're glad to have you on board and, and join us and moving on to controversial Oscars and oh gosh, uh, where do we even begin? Robin, <laughs> you go first. <laughs>
0: um I was thinking we're, we're, we're not going to get through without speaking about a certain person. Um, I mean, his name will be spoken quite a lot, I would think. Is it, Vol- oh, I thought you were going to say Voldemort. No, Voldemort is <laughs> like christ angel compared to, to this monster. Everyone in the village is speaking about the monster. You know, and we call him a monster, and before all this stuff happened the last couple of years, which, which isn't really Oscar related, it's... You know the sexual abuse and things like that, which is horrific. Even before that, we've got what we got to remember is we didn't like him before that. Mm. You know, mm. so mm. as a person, he was renowned for being a bully and pretty much bought. You know, Oscars, Golden Globes. It's like there were jokes about him paying for these things. No, so he didn't go. You know, it wasn't over the counter. I'll have two of those, please. But he had that much power that he essentially you know for a period of time it was like he was buying these oscars so i think there's a, we've got a few examples of mm. you know of things he's done I, i'm still quickly speaking about one that people probably don't know a lot about which is amelie which is the french film uh, in 2001 i don't know if you know um, the director jean pierre Jeunet was one of the only people who kind of stood up to <coughs> weinstein this was not nothing um, in a hotel room, this was more uh, in the editing room. You know, he would bully filmmakers to chop the films here and there. And he'd even send, he even did like Delicatessa, which was one of his earlier films. He was sending him a list of, of edits he would like him to do. And I think there's a lot of rumors of other films as well, *Goodwill Hunting*. There was a rumour that he helped, he changed the script quite a lot, and I'm sure that did happen. You know that it wasn't just there was a joke that he was the third writer on that on that film, and so there's a lot of stuff that didn't go on. But Junior was a guy who stood up to him and said, hey, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. And in response, Weinstein's not gonna help you with advertising. He's gonna badmouth your film. You know, th- and all this stuff happened. Emily didn't win Best Foreign Language Film, which is considered not a shock because No Man's Land was really good, but I think with five Oscar nominations, um, the, there is something in that, I think, that that didn't win, mm-hmm. at least that one category, you know, because for a foreign language film to get those those nominations was, was, was is still quite rare. Um, and I believe we have some other examples as well where filmmakers... Let let the bully do what he wants and in return he'll give you shiny gold statues. Um Shakespeare in Love is is one such example but I think there's a, a whole strand of in, the English patient, you know, you mm, have to, yeah. although that was a thing yeah. that might have won anyway because it's it's kind of a great academy box ticker. Well you've got But think, he's not
1: guilty of any of these things.
0: Something like English patient, perhaps that mm. would have won anyway, but that he took over that quite late because that film was in a lot of trouble
3: mm. so perhaps
0: without him that film might not have even got released at, at that stage it's a really strange worrying thing that this is what happens in hollywood with this one man and his his band of horrible men that this can it can control a film's release its promotion it essentially whether it wins an oscar or not you know guys what do you think um.
2: I think he yeah, was I, really I, notorious for doing mm. that, down to, like, what, um, during the Frida Kahlo film, you know, he forced that horrific scene between uh, the two main leads, in it, and it was just... Yeah. Yeah, I think Weinstein it was known for that, and it, by the end of his career, it was just
3: becoming egregiously
2: obvious.
0: Nonsense. Mm-hmm. There's a scientific mm-hmm. explanation.
3: I think one, one of his ones that, that stands out for me is Chocolat. I mean, it, it is a nice film. It's a perfectly fine film, but for that, when that got in for Best Picture, it was like that's just classic Harvey right there. That that had no business, particularly when it took the place of something like Almost Famous. Um, it just showed that he, he that his power that he just he pushed that film relentlessly. And as I say, it's a perfectly fine film, but in that year it was a particularly strong year, and yet he still managed to break through. It just showed that. People just, they couldn't say no to him. Whatever he was telling them to do, they just blindly followed because they were so fearful of his wrath. And we now know that that obviously extends even worse than just the Oscars. Obviously, these females didn't say no to him, and, and, and that's far worse than what happened at the Oscars. But it, it, it goes hand in hand with showing how he was able to kind of pull the strings, and no one ever questioned it. It was just every year whatever film he was getting behind, there was that assumption of, okay, this is going to be nominated for Best Picture because it's a Harvey film.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, he was ended up being thanked more times than God. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a bit like when you're looking back at, the, so I've done a lot about Oscar speeches uh, for a piece I'm writing. Um, watching how, you know, Meryl Streep referring him to literally God.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's very uncomfortable to watch now, and that, you know, I don't think like a lot of people knew exactly the extent that he was, you know, um, what he was doing. But it, it's you know, the, the 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 fact that he was so controlling, such a bully. But at the same time, the t- tactics he used to. Uh, around awards season um, you know uh, taking these big like hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds and and whatever to to, to campaign for these films and having them all advertised in in certain magazines that he knew that the Academy were going to be reading Um, so he really went after them and Got his, you know. That's pretty much how Shakespeare and love won. I've only said, said pounds
0: as well. That was good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> were currency on him that
1: day. Like, oh. <laughs> well, I forget that it's dollars. Okay, I'm so used <laughs> yeah, to saying yeah. pounds. Um, I, yeah, uh, okay, sorry. Yeah, fine, um, uh, hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of U.S. dollars. Um, <laughs> thousands. Um, yeah, that's that's how Shakespeare in, in Love won because I don't think that's really a better film at all than Saving Private Ryan. I mean, it's not. It's, no, I don't know how anyone can argue that.
3: It's a lovely film. Like I, it, it's something that if it's on TV, I will I will sort of inherently find myself kind of watching just for even for a little bit because it is. It, it's very well made. It's it's it's. Entertaining, it's lovely But in that year It's insane to call That the best film of the year
1: uh, That's uh... but it,
3: But in, in that year as well Then for Gwyneth Paltrow to beat Kate Blanchett I mean, I don't just Say that as an Australian, but that is A crime It is. <laughs> you, you compare the two performances And particularly then you also Compare the careers that Each of those women had after that Ceremony, Gwyneth's career has never been anywhere near what Kate's has gone on to. And and that hinted at what Kate was capable of. And yes, it's great that she's now won two Oscars afterwards, but it just showed that she was not only a greater actress, but in comparing those two performances again, you know, Gwyneth it's, it's a lovely performance. It's charming. It's, it's, you know, she puts on a terrible British accent. Um, <laughs> but com- comparatively to what Kate Blanchett did and then did again with the sequel to Elizabeth like it it just proved ha- it, that, that was Harvey again that, that he pushed that performance and he from from all accounts now he pushed Gwyneth to the limits of of campaigning as well he was very forceful with getting her everywhere whereas you know I think Kate Blanchett probably sat back a little bit and probably didn't you know campaign quite as hard, because she didn't have Harvey behind her. And any way you look at it, women's work is not for sissies.
1: Yeah, and should we talk about Gwyneth Paltrow's speech?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or (laughs) her dress. Uh, that dress. That was not the dress for her skin tone. Who Mm, dressed her in that?
0: But that speech takes on a different edge of If you watch that speech now and think, is she just exhausted (laughs) for, for, for the the, not the way she was pushed because mm. I, uh, today I don't I'm not even sure she would even get nominated for that performance it's
3: no. for me it's, no. on the, it's not no. one
0: of the worst performances because it's a comedy and it's it's a light film but it's it has no place in the a, in a best pick, uh, best actress five you know? no and she, she
2: it, yeah. the role plays to all of her strengths she's really great at those kinds of light comedic performances but anything that where she has to go deeper than that she just kind of falls apart and
0: as we so. yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yes exactly as so much of her career afterwards has shown us that that's really all she's good at and deceiving yeah. people with goop <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: oh oh bless her i mean yeah i feel for her because you know she you know, she honestly i don't think she thought she was going to win Oscar. No, no. Uh, and I think I probably would've react like that if I won to Oscar. Like I would just be rambling for so long. I'll be like thanking <laughs> everyone I can think of. Um, I would not have been able to play this role had I not understood love
2: of a tremendous magnitude and for that I thank my family, my mother, Blythe Tanner, who I
0: <laughs> the only dogs can hear you now, so...
1: um so you know. At least she didn't trip up. No. no. Uh, um, so, should we just talk about Oscar speeches briefly? Uh, because, well, actually, all the lack of Oscar speeches in some cases.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. Or when, with Marlon Brando, where he sent uh, Native American activist Eugene Little Feather in his place to say no, I'm not taking this because of how you treat Native Americans. And, you know, he was getting a role for one of, or he was getting an Oscar for probably one of the best performances of his career and one of the biggest movies you could probably say ever. The Godfather is kind of a big deal. So I thought it was very brando ish to do that especially <laughs> as he aged with how eccentric he became but it was also like well that's good I'm glad you I'm glad you tried something that wasn't just an empty gesture yeah and I think
1: um, considering like what happened after as a result of his you know you know, doing that—that you can't now have. I think the rules have changed where you can't actually have a representative, um, someone representing you, going to collect your Oscar now. It's like you either come in person or you don't go. So yeah, I think
3: the only exception was Heath Ledger. I think mm, I think that's that's the he only. He definitely couldn't yeah. go. He yeah. Ca- yeah, yeah, that's the exception to the rule here. <laughs> I, I think if you're not there, then the presenters just accept on your behalf and walk off.
1: Yeah, what happens to that Oscar then? Do you think it gets to the person, or do you think it's just like
2: you know? Oh. It probably goes to his family. I'm sure Michelle Williams has it now.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, but my, my favorite. Sorry, oh, go ahead. I was going to say like those
0: rumors that she wasn't actually a Native American, and the fact that oh, yeah, uh, really? uh, yeah, uh, not the fact know. that Al Pacino didn't show up because he basically, as of what was then what's now referred to as category fraud. You know, he wasn't nominated for Ooh. lead. Um, you know, Al Pacino didn't turn up. This person was there. You know, Al Pacino's a good actor. I wonder if that was him. You know, I'm just wondering. Excepting um, <laughs> <laughs> that, because Bander's role was essentially we're, we're going into different category now. It was essentially a supporting role. Um, right. I think Al Pacino was mm-hmm. a bit being a bit naive though. You know, to, to sort of make a stand like that in Hollywood because he would then go on to <laughs> receive consecutive nominations. In those mid-70s with the best performances of his career and mm. did not win once until, no. you know, the, late, the mid-early 90s, which you could class as a scandal. Many believe that he shouldn't have won for the centre of women. woman. So, no. you know, it's, it's all interlinked. If you mess with Hollywood early, there's no Weinstein there, obviously, but the, it, you, you're not going to win. It's, yeah, it's Hollywood strange. remembers. Yeah, yeah, you know, Brando went off the rails a bit f- even further after that. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, to say the least.
0: So no, sorry to add back. Go, Doug, sorry. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, I was going to say mine, mine related to this, to the whole rejecting in speeches, uh, George C. Scott from 1970 for Patton, that he before even before voting and the ceremony had begun he had denounced the oscars and i think the quote is he called it a 2 hour meat parade <laughs> and and, and had, had made it very clear that he if he was nominated for patton that he would reject his nomination which he did and yet was still awarded best actor because i mean that's a performance you couldn't deny you couldn't not vote for it but it would be fascinating nowadays to see someone, I don't think you could see someone reject a nomination because it's just not done anymore that people I feel like it would end your career that people would see it as ungrateful, see it as, as quite spiteful. Um, but in the seventies, I think it was a different time that people saw it as a real stance that he was making this statement about the Oscars and they were still going to give it to him anyway. And he obviously didn't show up, um, but but to see someone sort of publicly campaign against themselves and yet still win when in nowadays campaigning is everything mm. and that would never happen in a million years.
2: It does feel very appropriate that it's for Patton though. Cause well, yeah. <laughs> if you know anything about Patton, then you know yeah. that he was a curmudgeonly old bastard, probably from the time mm-hmm. he was maybe twenty. <laughs> yeah, so,
3: he <laughs> was George C. Just, Scott. Yeah.
2: Yes, exactly. Like he, <laughs> they were two peas in a pod, and so it feels. <laughs> I think maybe it was forgiven me a little bit because of the role and who George C. Scott was, and because mm. it was the seventies. Everything goes in the seventies. Mm. Especially as pro- yeah.
3: protest was in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Was it in 1962 you told the Academy of Arts and Sciences, take my name off the list, don't even nominate me for anything? I don't want to be a part of it. I
1: don't recall the year,
2: but... But you
3: did it? Yeah. Why?
1: Well, it's an old story. I just never wanted to be involved in that part of the business. That, uh, just not my bag. No value to it for you? I don't think so. I think it's a detriment, as a matter of fact. And talking about people not turning up for Oscars obviously there's one person who can't come back to the US uh, but won an Oscar and that's Roman
2: Polanski oh, God, yeah. I can't believe they gave that to him still mm. it's still mm. shocking to me that he was given that I mean
1: it's not even like it's something like with the Weinstein thing where it's, you know, we didn't really know the full story you do know the full story yeah, Yeah. everybody knew it fairly quickly after it happened. Yeah, and it's like, uh, it just seems kind of, uh, I don't know, it's just, just lost for words.
3: We're particularly in favour of, of rejecting Rob Marshall as well. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like musicals and they have issues with Chicago and, and, and that sort of thing, but you can't deny that he directed the shit out of that movie. Like, that. that is... You know an incredible directing achievement to pull that off to bring all those elements together and the pianist is a brilliant film, but in that year to give Chicago best picture and not award its director it doesn't make sense.
1: I just don't understand what the logic was really like you know mm. it's the whole thing about um I don't suppose anyone's seen extras the Ricky Gervais show by talks. That- talks to Kate Winslet about um, winning, you know, when Osc- Oscars go to films about the Holocaust and stuff like that. And then she went on to win an Oscar for The Reader. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. oh, the reader. Thanks to I mean, Harvey. The Reader, there's a, yeah, there's another one. I mean, mm-hmm.
3: It's
0: changed, changed, changed the whole landscape of how we vote for Best Picture, though. You know, that just that one thing. The Reader getting in in 2008, which was... I mean that that was a, divis- a divisive film. If ever I saw on some, mm-hmm. it, some I didn't care for it at all. And the whole Kate Winslet support lead thing that was a mess. But that mm-hmm. worked, that worked well for Kate Winslet, you know. And I'm sure she had little to do with that. But Kate Winslet mm-hmm. ended up beating herself essentially for Revolutionary Road, which didn't even get nominated. She, she-
1: was so good in Revolutionary Road. It's oh, such yeah.
2: a crushing performance, too. Everything about it is so good, and her and Leo being reunited—like it should—it should have had Oscar written all over it. I
0: think it was. It was that was a frontrunner that that film was a yeah a, at the time, not not like towards the end, but and the Dark mm. Knight as well was kind of mm. the similar to what we've got now with Black Panther. Like, can a superhero film do this? Well, it turns out no, because you know. It, it would have got the fifth slot, probably. Um, but Revolutionary Road was a big contender early on, and it just kind of got crushed. And you always wonder what happens behind the scenes. as we, we know what happened with the reader. We know how that got in. But something like The Pianist was really weird because it won Best Actor as well. It, it also won Best Adapted Screenplay, which mm. a, lot, a lot of people aren't bothered about the screenplay categories, but I do think The Hours w- was probably the favourite for that. Uh, and it's like these three awards, it won. So it wasn't just the director, but s- someone got behind that film and pushed it and it got these three awards. The director won is obviously a big mystery. What were they thinking, you know? We try and think you know, what we try and guess, don't we, what they're thinking. Try and influence voters, don't we? But ha- what happened that year for, for that to win, you know? I mean, Rob bad the I, Guild, didn't he? he? won the director's Guild one? Man. Yeah, so he was yeah. the favourite, there's no doubt about
3: He's it. He totally was the favourite. And I remember that ceremony because as we were heading towards best pitchers, Chicago just... It it had really early success with Catherine Zeta Jones and a couple of the tech categories, but then when it kept mis- and it missed director, it was like, okay, well, The Pianist is winning Best Picture because you know, Adrian Brody has won, and as you said, it won screenplay. It just it was it was working that path up towards Best Picture. So to hear Chicago actually get the the big one in the end was actually quite a surprise after what had transpired before because. It should have won, like, a a director if it's going to win picture because we were still in those days where splits just didn't happen. You know, something took best picture and best director. That was just the the way it went. So it was – and then to to see it give it to someone with such a checkered past and such a controversial reputation for very valid reasons, this isn't accusations, this is actual crime – it's very very strange particularly when that person cannot be in the room
0: we have to come back to the two things i want to mention we have to come back to is what you just mentioned there um the split split years is often followed by a bit of controversy or, or mm. vice, vice versa and also the people that present awards as well as I, i've always sometimes found that a bit strange um when quickly when scorsese finally won it was his three buddies Came on yeah. stage, to, you know. It, oh, so he's, the have knew he was going to win, you know. But can, yeah. you, can you can you do that? You know, he comes on stage and then you know. Uh, that would have been awkward. Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. The, the queen. The queen wins best director. It's like oh yeah.
3: Okay. It was like when when they had Barbara Streisand present to Catherine yeah. Bigelow because she was the la- you know the, the the female director connection. It was like as soon as Barbara walked out, it was like okay, Catherine's winning. Yeah. So
0: when when. Polanski won. It was Harrison Ford, who who worked for Polanski, mm. know, and so did the no And then when Schindler's List won, Harrison Ford was you know Indiana Jones should I say was the guy who read out the the winner. Sometimes you think with these some of these wins, the pick the presenters accordingly, but it's, it's strange.
3: In the Oscar goes for Roman Polanski, for the pianist. I actually remember last year's ceremony, there was a strange occurrence that they had two of the actors from Baby Driver presenting. I think they presented both sound categories, which Baby Driver was nominated in, and uh, Dunkirk won both of them. And it was like, I just felt bad for those two actors that they have to stand there and present two Oscars to something that wasn't the film that they were in. It was like, why did you choose those two? Like (laughs) You couldn't have chosen anyone else.
1: Uh, right, Kevin Kevin Spacey wasn't available. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: sometimes
1: I, I forgot. So I forget blackness. he's in
3: that movie. Yeah,
1: yes. <laughs> they didn't, He didn't get uh, replaced by Christopher Plummer in that one. No,
3: sadly. <laughs> and that
1: and that's something that um, I want to just quickly touch upon. Was it? Was he Christopher Plummer oh, so long ago now? But was Christopher Plummer up for uh, yes? But,
2: he was, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, he got that. It was almost spiteful. It felt like <laughs> that he got that nomination. That, I mean, it's an all right movie, and he's great in it. But Christopher Plummer is great, in pretty much everything he does. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but it felt very much like a, a measured and pointed thing throughout. From the time that Ridley Scott was like, "Nope, we're cutting him out. I'm having this guy come in," because
1: that yeah, was, was his original.
0: Mess- definitely a message. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I not. I don't know what, I mean, I kind of agree with it, but at the same time, I did feel like other people could have been put forward. Um, yeah,
3: there was, there was more worthy nominees. I think it was more a case of, well, you actually pulled it off, here's a nomination.
2: Right, you did this in like two weeks, congrats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I think it was just this weird recognition of Ridley Scott for making mm. for making that choice. I think there was probably a little bit of that in there too, of like Hollywood using it as an opportunity to say we approve of this choice of doing this, of cutting these people out because voting was going on, you know, it was very and mm. I don't know if they would have made that same choice had what was going on not been going on. Let's
1: go back in time. We touched upon the 70s but uh, I want to touch upon uh, the 40s not
0: when Grace Kelly won
1: yes yeah, spoiler she won yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean sorry
1: yeah so great, great I mean I haven't seen the film but you know from what I've read up about it she gives a quite a good performance but it's obviously it's a very small film mm. uh, it was Grace Kelly sort of year though she was in a lot of films that were Mm. super popular and very good at the box office so it just you know it's bad luck for judy and i think (laughs) because when reading up about it she had the camera crew there
3: oh god (laughs) i was just gonna say that yeah it's 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 all that she had literally given birth to her third child the day before the oscars and asked for camp because she i think she was so assured that she was going to win She asked them to have cameras outside the hospital room, so she, when they announced her as the winner, she could make a statement and do all that. That she, I I believe, I've read that she kind of glammed it, like got makeup done and her hair done and everything, so that she would look all glamorous and everything. And then she doesn't win. It's like that's just crushing that. They then had to pack up all the camera equipment and go home. And
2: And she's got to take her makeup off. And let me tell you, who's given birth, what a nightmare. Because you're already (laughs) going through all the intense hormones and, like, you Mm -hmm. do not feel good. So that just makes me, it just makes you feel for her so much more knowing that she was in such a, you know, a medically difficult place. Well, also, this emotional blow is, is dealt to her.
1: Yeah, and the fact that after everything, her career didn't really, she never really got back in swarms, really.
3: No, no. But then Grace... Think, yeah, I don't think she ever recovered from that moment, to no. be honest. I think that that just kind of destroyed her.
1: Yeah, and then Grace went and got married. So, <laughs> you know, what the, it's kind <laughs> of, uh, you know, all that effort you sort of put in, and then it's just like i uh, not going to be an actress anymore. See you later, guys. Bye. Well, she's going to go be a princess instead.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> <That> <laughs>
0: princess is, of a rich
2: little country.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> like, I well, think it's like, well, this is what I was looking towards. It's yeah. even
3: more ironic then that Judy's daughter ends up winning instead of her. <laughs> yeah, the, she she gave birth to a future Oscar winner, but she couldn't win an Oscar herself.
1: Mm. Yes, yeah, because it's sad, isn't it? Mm. Um,
3: especially. Especially. I a, I, that's probably why those two hated each other.
1: there's got to be like some bitter rivalry between people (laughs) isn't there but it's kind of like with um, Julie Andrews and Audrey Hepburn when it came to My Fair Lady and Mary Poppins because um, Julie Andrews was the character, I've forgotten her name Eliza Doolittle I was going to say I've forgotten her name Uh, Eliza Doolittle, that's me trying to do it her Accent. Oh, thanks. thanks. Yeah, give me the Oscar. Um, but she was uh, Eliza on stage, and they, when the film adaptation was going to be made, they thought, oh, okay, it's obviously going to be Julie Andrews playing her. Uh, but they went for Audrey Hepburn because Audrey Hepburn was like, you know, the big star at that time. And then, even though oh, she
3: couldn't sing, she
1: well. The thing is, she tried her hardest to yeah. to, to do the thing, and it just wasn't up to their standards.
2: Mm. So, right. yeah. you can sing, but that doesn't mean that you can be, you know, a musical. Hold mm-hmm. the hold down the fort for My Fair Lady, which is a pretty intense, you know, musical performance demanded from the actress, mm-hmm. and she does a great job with the acting. I've seen that movie. I don't know how many times it's one of my favorites, but you can kind of tell that her voice and the singing voice are not the same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what would have been funny if
1: they got Julie Andrews to do the singing? For? <laughs> oh, God, I bet
3: Julie Andrews. I'm sure did. they considered it. I'm sure <laughs> they considered it. And Julie Andrews,
0: obviously, she won the Oscar as well, didn't she? Yeah. For, for
2: Mary Poppins, yeah. Uh, I know you Americans are famous for your hospitality, but this is really ridiculous.
3: <laughs> I love that in her Golden Globe speech, she actually thanks Jack Warner for making all this possible because like, if it wasn't—if it wasn't for him turning her down, she wouldn't have got Mary Poppins. And it was like that's such a a zing of a moment. Like she really got that really bitchy comment in. She didn't do it at the Oscars, but that was at the Globes that she thanked Jack Warner.
0: Yeah, that was good.
2: <laughs> I think one of the best, you know, one of the best rivalries over an Oscar is uh, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis Yeah, in mm. Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, where only one gets nominated and they're both give such powerhouse performances. And it's just, oof, that was quite nasty, the relationship between the two of them.
1: Yes, yeah, it was like... You would really hate to be in a room with just those two. Can yes. You just imagine how awkward it
2: would be. And you're trying to make small talk. It's like, oh, hey. And it, was, it was bitter before they filmed whatever happened to Baby Jane. And there's mm. some, you know debate over how, whether that was played up more for the cameras and they actually weren't that angry, but I do love that Crawford got someone to let her accept their, that's another reason the cat mm. <laughs> changed the rules David got nominated, him, but Crawford accepted Anne Bancroft's award, like, that was just <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate bitch slap. <laughs>
0: that was a middle finger, that, was so. Yes,
2: yes.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah, and um, I, the fact that she just I don't know how much of it's true, but in the TV series, um, which is huge, is it? The huge, TV series. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like how she went out of her way to try and get get it. So, you know, she was like, D- you know, decline going to the the Oscars. I'll go for you. And it's just <laughs> like, that is some she next level. She spun that situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, was, that is great. I mean, it's obviously not great, but at the same time, you're just like that is such a sort of dedication to just being like the the queen bee type of thing.
3: So I think, yeah, I think by all accounts, everyone who knew Joan Crawford agreed that she was just this power hungry actress. Like to end all power hungry actresses, like she was just desperate for fame. She lived off it. That you know, that's she's that classic. It, it's a it's a stereotype that you see in. You know plays and movies and stuff but it's 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 totally factual it's just so desperate for for publicity and attention that she would do anything to get it so you know not being nominated for an Oscar she was like I'm not accepting this I, I'm going to be there on the night and I'm going to find any way I can to be there including manipulating the other nominees to not show up so I can show up and as you see in the show like with most of them she'd never even met them before. She she rang them up out of the blue or she turned up backstage and she'd never met these actresses and yet was able to then, in the first meeting, convince them to allow the, her to accept their Oscar on her, their behalf. That That's insane.
1: <laughs> she was a good actress. So, Clearly, you
3: know. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so is there any other sort of controversies? I mean, we've had some in the last few years. We've obviously had the sort of, mishap with uh, La La Land and um <laughs> Moonlight and yeah uh,
2: that was that was just awful
1: watching oh, that just
0: stupid, <laughs> <laughs> he'll
2: never ever get allowed on stage at the Oscars ever again <laughs> is for Warren Beatty oh that was I just watched it I was like oh where'd Warren Beatty go oh I see he's just whisked him. <laughs> off stage when it was obviously his
0: fault. It does whiff of like conspiracy though, like if it, was, it was the best picture of all the categories it had to be that one, and it had to be La La Land you know, because of the actress win, so what if, you know, Isabel Huppert would have won, and the winner is the best picture, Elle <laughs> you know I mean, it would have been like was that nominated? you know that would have been even funnier, but in a very different way, but one of the producers the fact, actually and the, did his finished his speech, didn't he? And then went, "Oh, we yeah. lost. We lost, by the way." But yeah, I they got through
3: speech. three three <laughs> speeches before they finally got someone in, you know the, took control. It's like a, 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 that should have been over in an instant. Someone should have ran on stage the second that she said La Land" and stopped that before it all. That you know, it's car. When you watch it back now, it's like a car crash. It's insane.
1: Oh, and talking about car crashes,
3: and the Oscar goes to Crash. I mean, I I, I love a surprise, but no, <laughs> no, not that surprise. surprise. <laughs> it's a good surprise. You know, Adrian Brody was a good surprise because he did give a great performance, and he was. Up against four heavyweights and was never ever expected to win. Same with Halle Berry the year before. Both of those are, are good surprises. You know, like it, it, it's fun when something like that happens. But Crash is it's it's just a bad film. It's a it is a bad it is a bad film. It's not just a bad Best Picture winner. It's a bad film overall. It's really poorly written. the 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 one shining light of that film is Tandy Newton, who probably should have been nominated and wasn't. Which is which is crazy, um, but it, it, it's written very stereotypically. It, it it tries that whole multi-narrative thing of characters all interweaving with each other, but Paul Haggis doesn't know how to do it like Paul Thomas Anderson does. There's there's a real art to doing that kind of narrative, and it's just a mess. It's just a mess of a film.
0: Yeah, it kind of like mix. Excuses racism by discussing and saying, "Well, we're not, gonna, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're black. We're not going to steal this car because that would be a stereotype." Yeah, it would. Let's do it anyway. Let's do it, it anyway. You can see Paul going, <laughs> "Oh, writing, going, I'm so bloody clever." <laughs> <laughs> you can see it though, writing the car, yeah. Which, yeah. Which and yeah. it won for it won for writing, it won for editing, and it won best picture. And it was like, I, I just I couldn't believe it. But yeah, and yeah, I could because. Well, we know what happened don't we that there was if, if ever was mud was slung it brought back mountain we have a phobia that in Hollywood that many will, will deny I've spe- I've spoken to Paul Haggis and I asked him about this uh, and he said it was bullshit and then afterwards he, he, um, he emailed me to, to say I didn't mean that what meant was this <laughs> you know to, so it's like even he's still got his... Right, Scientology as well plays a big part. I'm sure it does. But yeah. he's got his head in the sand. But also Lionsgate, who distributed the film, um, with the massive screener surge at the end. You know, like, yeah. never seen... We see that now. We don't really see a surge. We just see the screeners go out, like, around about now. And But this was, like, last minute, and it was this screener thing was quite a new thing then. You know, the, the DVDs, and that helped it, along with the homophobia. Okay, don't vote for that. Vote for this. Racism wins, alex Homosexuality is the message. Um, but *Brokeback Mountain* is probably the greatest film not to win Best Picture. And I still—I've mm. said this before. I still think it, it won. It's in my head. I still think it's. Oh, you go through <laughs> the list. Oh yeah, *Brokeback Mountain*. I've oh, got a minute. Well, I've done something wrong here. Polanski, <laughs> what, Polanski? Oh no, oh no, he did win. Oh, but *Brokeback Mountain* didn't. Yeah, so. Yeah. St- how does that work? Um
1: so let's talk quickly about this year's Oscars. because uh, already there's controversies. Katie, how do you, how do you feel about the Oscars this
2: year? Oh, I, uh, <laughs> you know, there's some amazing contenders out there this year and I'm I'm much more of an indie person and underground film and you know, I don't tend to go for the bigger ones, but when I was filling out my best guess Oscar, I I, I had such a hard time putting down uh, Green Book in there. I was like, nope, nope, it's no chance, and I had to put it. I think I put it as like the number four, and it was it was painful. It was so painful. Personally, I think the best film not nominated this year is *At Eternity's Gate*. I thought mm-hmm. Julian Schnabel. I mean, it is not for everyone. I'm not. I'm not silly. That shaky cam <laughs> is real hard for a lot of people.
3: Those close-ups.
2: Yes, and the long, slow takes, and like there's so much mm-hmm. about it. But it is definitely one of the most artistic films of the year. Um, but I think the biggest controversy is right. Now Bohemian Rhapsody with Brian Singer's the most recent news about his terrible behavior that mm. has been an open secret in Hollywood, twenty years,
3: mm-hmm. thirty years.
2: I mean, mm. Queer as Folk did an episode about it in their second season, I think, which was <laughs> in like the early two thousands. So I mean, what's your guy's perspective? Since not you know in the thick of it over here,
1: uh, I called it Bohemian Crapsody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> even if it even if it wasn't sort of the the uh, the stuff with Bryan singer uh, if, even if it wasn't that it's not a very good film.
2: No. It's
1: not very well made. Uh apart from when when it does the music it, it's great. But the rest of the movie is so it's just like someone's copied the wikipedia page. It it's the box, av- isn't it?
0: Like yeah. when they discover the riffs and things like that, it's oh, its cringe, it's cringy, and it's—it's it's disrespectful to Freddie Mercury, even if he was a bit of a dickhead at times in his personal life. Whatever, everyone, everyone is Harrison Ford just is a nomad <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. but you know. And um, the Oscar goes for Roman Polanski for the pianist. You know, I'm only joking. I love the guy, but. There's, there's so many things that can contribute to, like, Oscar popularity, award season. Um, that film should have been killed by now. You know, yeah, whether, I don't whether, That's pretty, pretty unfairly, I think, if Brian Singer kills that Oscar chances of that film. That's unfair, regardless of how good it is. But, if, but it hasn't happened.
3: Oh. The, the, the whole film, like, the one I used to describe it is just generic. It's just a generic biopic, especially a music biopic, that hits all those beats. And and for a band and a man, that you would never in a million years call generic. You would not call Queen generic. You would not call Freddie Mercury generic. So to see both the band and the, the lead singer reduced to that in a film, it's it was so disappointing because yeah. it really could have been something special. And, I understand that it's made, like, $800 million worldwide, which Mm. is just a testament to the popularity of Queen and their music. I don't think it has anything to do with the film itself. And I I think the way that the film wraps up with the Live Aid performance you walk out of the cinema forgetting, you know, the two hours that preceded mm. that, that <laughs> sequence. Right. And you you remember that one, and that's what people are voting for. They're like, oh, my God, the Live Aid thing was amazing and how they recreated it, and it goes for 15 minutes. And, yeah, that is great. But do you remember what you watched before that? Yeah, because... did you
1: re- remember the really awkward scenes
2: of,
3: like... <laughs> Yeah, outside the the truck stop toilet. Oh God. what was that all about? Bar and-
2: <laughs> the thing is, is, you could watch that live aid thing on YouTube. Exactly. With yeah, exactly. actual Freddie Mercury, because that's essentially what it is. It's just a fancy yep. high end recreation of the YouTube video of them doing live aid. I mean, like you said, like Queen was not a band, you know a wholesome, down-to-earth band. This was a oh. band of excess and craziness. And the fact that I watched it, was like, well, wow, I could have taken my 11-year-old to this movie and had no issues oh with God. him seeing it. That's a crime. Like, you come should on. You
3: hear. There's a radio ad playing in Australia right now because it's actually doing extremely well here. I think it's grossed $40 million just in Australia, which is unheard of. That That's the kind of level a Marvel film grosses here. So on the radio, they're calling it the f- uh, feel-good family entertainment. Wow. And, I, and I, 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 I that's the tagline they're using in a commercial. And I'm thinking, if Freddie were alive, to hear his life called feel-good family entertainment, that just shows how bad this movie is.
2: Oh, oh, I think a big part can be laid at the feet of the band because yeah. they wanted the recognition for this. And they yeah. come off looking like such a bigger part of the success <laughs> than they maybe were. And, and because
3: they're, they're like produ- music consultants or producers or whatever, they, they're they involved in the film. And I think their fingers are in this too much that they control things to keep it sanitized, to keep it positive, and to portray all of them rather than just this be... Because the movie's not called Freddie Mercury. I mean, it's not necessarily supposed to be a Freddie Mercury biopic. It's just that yeah, you can't help but have the film turn into that and... I think they've tried their hardest to be like, hey, we were in the band too.
1: Yeah, well, I did the bit where I said Galileo. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I stopped my that, feet, that's yeah. It. I mean, I'm surprised that, you know, you said mentioned the truck stop, the toilet scene. And for me, I, yeah. I, 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 in my head, that scene now has a neon sign saying gay above the toilet door. <laughs> gay, gay. You know, it's like telling the audience, yeah. like, when the, the riff... If around, you didn't know. We will rock you. It's like... This is we were walking was an arrow I pointed to the... Look at this, this picture. It's so pathetic. I, I, I Me and my wife were getting so frustrated watching it. And we love, we love Queen.
3: You know, but... I don't everybody does. Yeah.
0: I don't yeah. yeah. Success, I
3: don't and yeah. I think in
2: a, in a year where you have, the, like, the songwriting scenes in A Star is Born are mm-hmm. done really well, and they feel authentic. And granted, that's, mm-hmm. you know, entirely a creation of Bradley Cooper and his helper writers. But those in a year where you have that and it feels so good and natural and a part of the story and then you have the ones in Bohemian Rhapsody that just feel like entirely orchestrated and like a, <laughs> a child's book reimagining of like this mm. is how we write a song like no that is not how songs get written unless you are part of like the Backstreet Boys or some formulaic band that a company is putting on
3: well, yeah, that, that's the thing. I have a friend of mine is a musician, and she, I remember her posting on Facebook after seeing it, saying, "It, it just doesn't capture the difficulties and the hard work and the." lows that, that that artists go through to create art that it just doesn't capture that it all just looks so simple and so easy that you know they they met and then they were signed and then they were the biggest band in the world where the, where the, there's no in between to show the progression of those moments and for for you know an up and coming artists could watch that and be like wow it's really easy to become a superstar isn't it that's amazing <laughs>
2: to become one of the biggest bands that ever was <laughs> yeah
0: even if you're uh, beginning like even, even if it's it's, it's, it's called a packing in the beginning and that's it that's all you need to know about that <laughs> i was really interested in his family and his relationship yeah, yeah yeah,
3: yeah. It, but, especially really his, up, his, at his childhood and his early years and just like yeah oh
0: yeah you know uh, I am proud of you after all that. I mean, yeah. Well, sorry, Dad, I haven't seen you for the, But there years. was no
1: no <laughs> scenes between them where they have, you know, like a argument and, and any no. sort of... It was just... Uh, and the ending was like, oh, he finds love, but this waiter he's only met once. And
3: well, that was he his blessed life. it.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the guy at the end was like that's what we, we were with him at the end but you didn't we didn't see any of that it just like i was just
3: plonked there I was plonked on, on like oh that's right yeah not
0: so star hi hey mum and dad my beard bye the end <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: oh, oh, oh. oh god well i don't think it will win best
0: picture or do <laughs> you
3: i don't know anymore i don't know anymore and it's
0: a shame it's i think... kind of overshadowed the star is born because the star is born it's not my favorite film of the year but two films of similar nature it certainly made the Wars Ball look good, but yeah, ball Ball's now starting to slip away. It's just a shame it's happened like this.
2: I think the one that, of the of the contenders, I personally think the favourite should win, because that's my favourite movie of the year. Um, but I think Green Book has the biggest chance of Bohemian Rhapsody, which is also, in my opinion, uh, just a terrible choice. <laughs> Considering the state of race relations always in America, but in particularly Mm-mm. this year with now. that kind of movie and with what happened after Dr. Don Shirley's family came out and we're like, yeah, this is all lies. This mm-hmm. is all nonsense and lies, and he didn't actually want this movie to be made. You know, it's, it, it's and that I think will get overshadowed because... So much of the, I think there's still too much of the Academy voters that are that will feel like oh, this is such a great movie. It's so moving, <laughs> and it, it addresses race in such a positive way, in a way that mm-hmm.
0: it, to 1989 it Films were great.
2: Yeah, exactly. And you, I watched it, and I sat in the theater going, "What the fuck is this? What the yeah. hell?" Yeah, I was cringing. I was
3: cringing. This, this, this is trash. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm Australian blacker than you deal. because I eat fried chicken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the equivalent of, yeah, you eating a meat pie and saying, I'm more Australian than you now that in this film that Viggo's character eats fried chicken and all of a sudden he's more black than a black guy. And it's 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 unbelievably bad.
2: Hey, when I was in the army, I know a guy from Pittsburgh, except he called it
3: Pittsburgh. He
2: said all the women there had huge tits,
3: And particularly in a year of something like Black Klansman, which does pretty much all those same beats, but more authentically, more in your face, more on point. It it, it gets it because it's crafted by a black man. And surprise, surprise, that works better than a bunch of white guys (laughs) trying to understand what people went through back then. Like they, 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 I, I think I said that in my review that, that it's done with the best of intentions. I don't think that Peter Farrelly is doing this in an, you know, any other way that he really thinks he's doing something great and that's fine. But to celebrate it in this fashion is crazy. It's absolutely crazy in this, in this time, in this time period right now to be falling over themselves over this kind of film. It's, I, I it's unheard of for me. I I can't believe it.
2: And, and I would even say of the, of the nominee, it, I mean, setting aside Black Klansman, which is obviously the best at telling this kind of story, Black Panther gets race relations so much better and is a more current and accurate commentary on race in America than... From a a
3: comic book movie. (laughs) Right, could (laughs) ever be. Like,
2: it has it so, and it does it... In just a few moments in the film, it mm, managed to mm. lay that out and get it done. And Green Book spends its whole time trying to do it, and it just Failed That, yeah. ending,
0: is, mm. uh, that ending is absolutely pathetic. He just he <laughs> just, just, just caves in and comes back for it because he wants Christmas. And she's like, "Thank you, thank you for letting uh, the letters." Oh.
3: And by all accounts, that awesome. that never happened. That never ever happened. That those two did not become like the best of friends. They were employer and employee. That's that's pretty much all they were. They weren't like brothers, like the film <laughs> would make out. No.
2: And they were friends, or they were employer and employee for a year and a half. Yeah. And <laughs> then he fired him. That's the truth <laughs> of it. Like they sell it as this big story, and it's like. Nope, this is all lies. This is well, all it
1: does say on the poster inspired. Inspired Lo- loosely inspired. That's, That's very, true. very, very loosely. So you know, maybe they should change that tagline <laughs> slightly. Oh gosh. Well, I'm sure we'll find out soon. And uh well, yeah. That, yeah,
3: if that if that wins that will be a scandal and we'll be talking about that for years to come.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs>